Um, I hope you guys are feeling good. We have just come out of a three-day fast. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The thing that was on my mind the whole time is what am I having for breakfast? <laughs> like on Saturday morning, it wasn't what, you know, supper was okay. You know, when we broke fast, I wasn't, my wife was ready to eat me. And so I just had to keep moving until I could like close the door, chuck food in, and then she was fine. But um, I was ready for Saturday morning because I mean like those mornings, it's like coffee and what am I going to have? I'll, uh, man, I had tasty wheat for who knows, pup and butter. That's how you have breakfast, straight from heaven. Come on. That is what manna must have been like, tasty wheat. <laughs> With a little bit of sugar, I don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven. So, um, uh, Like I said, we, we've, just come, we've just come out of a fast. And I was sharing with the team this morning, and I, and I realized I didn't tell anybody this. When you break fast, that is actually the start of what you're going into. So I'm really sorry if I didn't put those terms and conditions in. It's like, hey, we're going to be fasting, but on the other side of the fast is actually the work that needs to be done. If you look and read throughout the Bible, whenever something big needed to happen, whenever breakthrough was needed, they would fast. So fasting wasn't the end of everything. It was the start of something new. So I want to say, guys, my, my Prodeo family, we are actually stepping into something new. And, and so what I've been feeling and chatting to Allison about, um, it, it actually started two weekends ago. I felt that we were in the series called Rise Up. You know, life was knocking us down. We were feeling it. Uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was really tough. And, and God gave us word to encourage us through that. And I just felt him said, it's done. Now we grow. Now we have to grow. And so um, last week when we were talking about fasting, we spoke that growth is measured by the fruit that we bear. And so it's time for us to start bearing fruit. Now, as you guys know, I like sniffing people. So I'm, I won't ask you to quickly turn to your person next to you and tell them, what fruit do you smell? No. God says, not by the fruit you smell, by what you see. So um, it's all about growth. So we use the fast as a reset, a realign, a kind of on your marks, get set, go kind of moment. And so today we are going to be starting to look at different things that is going to facilitate our growth. And uh, we're going to be packing it all in a series called, um, what next? You know, what next? What do we do now after the fast? There are going to be new people that come into the church, new people that are going to meet Jesus. And their question is going to be, what next? I've given my heart to Jesus, what next? And so we as a church need to be ready for what's next. You know, uh, we spoke in the series that um, the process is never nice. We don't like God's process. We don't like his timing. We love him. But we need to know what's next. And he's never going to tell us what's next. But we need to get ready for what's next. So... Can I ask you to, if you've got your Bible here today, to the book of Philippians, 
Uh, we're going to be in chapter 2. So I just felt I, the way I preach is we're going to take Scripture. We're going to open it. We're going to talk about it. And then we're going to find stuff in it that is going to help us get through whatever week we have. Going to have. Might have one day. It's supposed to give us nuggets, so it's easy to take notes. And I believe those people who take notes automatically go to heaven. <laughs> Bad pastor's joke. We should do like, not dad jokes, pastor's jokes. <laughs> but um, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be reading from verse 12. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, who are we obeying there? God, the will of the Father. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. And he goes, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And so I want to talk to us from just that last part in Philippians verse 12 and so today's title is called work it out let us pray Lord Jesus you have been so good to us Father you are amazing and even though we have no idea what is around the corner one thing remains the same you are always with us so as, as, we, as we fellowship together, build us up, as we worship you, oh, thank you that your presence is here, but as we open your word, build us, encourage us, and transform us, because it's only you that can do that. So thank you for your word, thank you for this time together, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Anybody like working out? I heard no one say yes. Um, during the fast, I thought I'd be brave. And I went to go work out. Now, remember I told you, I, 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 I went to gym, but I didn't always go into gym. And so I started going into gym. And now when I was in gym, I decided let's work out. And guys, this week was so bad because we were fasting. I added weights to my program. There were two nights I couldn't sleep because my body was so sore. We were, um, I couldn't lift my hands. My kids would laugh at me. They'd throw teddy bears at me and I'd cry. We were, we were, at, a, we were at a church conference last night and my boy asked, Dad, why were you so angry? Because he saw me from across the hall. I'm like, why? He's like, you just stood there with your hands in your pocket. I'm like, but I couldn't lift my arms. It was so sore. But I was, the whole time I was just crying. I was like, Lord Jesus, this is so good. Ali, lift your hands for me. Come on. Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, work it out. Um, that's not always easy. When it comes to working it out, I want, let me just use an example. The guys on, on band, they are all musicians, right? So depending on how I feel during the week, I send them the songs like either on Monday or like Saturday evening. Um, no, I'd never do that. <laughs> but in an ultimate, um, you know, in a perfect, in a perfect scenario, we would do it like, weeks, months in advance, they would get it and they would practice. But all our guys, whether they sing or whether they play an instrument, they have the ability to play music, to make music play songs, right? 
But there are days when, you know, right now, I can give them a new song. So, Lavina, I've actually got a new one. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. I just <laughs> it's like, what? But I, I, can, I can guarantee you, I can take a song, a new song, and give it to them now, and they will be able to play it. It might not be now, but they will be able to play it. Why? Because they will go home and work it out. They would actually have to put in some kind of effort in order for us to do the song. So what we normally do is we send them um, a backtrack, we send them a YouTube link so they can understand what the song's like, so they can know what key we're playing in, and we send them the chord sheet so that they can actually learn the structure so they get everything, but they still need to work it out. And it's the same with our lives. You see, I do not doubt that each of them are musicians. So I can give it to them, and some guys will be able to look at it or listen to it, and within five seconds, they'll be able to play it. And then there'll be others that will say, yo, Milo, I actually need maybe a week or two to figure this out, but I am highly confident that they will do it. And in our walk as a Christian and our walk in faith, we have to do certain things and Paul writes, the salvation that you have, you've got to work it out. He doesn't say work for it because that's a free gift. He doesn't say work on it because it's not broken. You don't get a partial salvation. You know, like the discount one. It's like on that day when I came to church and I gave my heart to Jesus, I could only lift one hand. There's no such thing. He says don't work for, on, he says um, work it out, which means here you are, Jesus is in you, now there are certain things that you are going to have to do. See, we've just fasted, and, and the nice thing about this fast that we had, it's been a first for a lot of people. Some people, it's been their first time fasting. Um, for us as leaders, it was the first time that Prodeo fasted. As us as church planters, it's the first time we led a church that fasted. I'm like, oh, Lord, please let them come back to church. <laughs> I don't know what is happening. I'm like, they're all going to be like laying on the floor. It's like, that guy takes our food away. What next, man? Can you believe it? So, um, so there, there, there was a lot of firsts. And the question that we have now is what next? As we grow, what next? whether it's growing as an individual or growing as a church. The question is, what next? And there are things that we're going to have to do. And just like the musos, certain people will be able to step into what next really fast. With everybody else, it's going to be a process. So, like, I could challenge everybody now. It's like, let's quickly run outside and pray for the first person you see. And I can guarantee you there'd be at least five people that will, they won't even have me to finish that sentence and they'll be gone. And then there'll be those that say, oh, sure, sure. My line, um, I do intercession. I'll stay here while we pray for them that are going to pray for others. But you see, it's a process. And, and I need you to understand this. It's not about 
getting things done immediately. It's about understanding that God is transforming us. So whatever you're going to be doing, whatever God is going to be asking you to do, it's going to be a process. How do people know someone's a musician? They'll tell you. But how do you know that the person that told you is a musician, is really a musician, is when they actually take their craft and use it? Because then you can hear it. So for us that go, I am a Jesus follower, it has to be more than words. It has to be some sort of an action. And that is why Paul is writing to the guys in Philippian, um, in Philippi, Philippi, now I'm hungry. I heard pie. <laughs> and he goes, there is something that you actually have to work out. You can't just say, hey, I follow Jesus and you do nothing. You have to work it out. Because growth is not measured by how much you know. Growth is measured by what you do with what you know. Like, I can ask anybody, how does a car work? I go to my wife, how does a car work? She's like, you take this thingy, you put it into that thingy, you dry home, you can vroom vroom, and, go, and it works, that's how a car works. You, you just go to a guy, you go, how does a car work? Well, do you, how much time do you have? Let me sit down. So, wait, wait. And, and then you get those like, let me show you. You see, there's a difference. Where, with a person that says, I can tell you what it does, but a guy that goes, I can show you what it does. And we have to be the same when it comes to our faith. When it comes to trusting God, like I trust God, and in the moment something was like, oh, where is he? I know, I, I feel like that as well, bad pastor. But it's human. But there are certain things that we have to go, I need to work it out. So working out is going to be new for a lot of people. But it's for all of us. Because I still need God to work on me when it comes to areas of love and patience. Because it's easy to love someone that loves me back. But what about people that God has told you to walk a road with and that doesn't care about you or your time, that doesn't love you the same way you love them, that won't spend time with you the same way you want to spend time with them? God still needs to work in us, so we need to work it out. And this is the thing that I found as I was reading this passage. Verse 13 says that God is working in us so that we can work it out. So the first thing that we need to understand is that no matter how difficult, how challenging, how crazy life could be, how much bigger of a faith question it is to actually do something. You've got to know this. God is working. 
We sing that song, um, Waymaker. Even when I don't see you, you're working. When Jesus is not evident in the working process, how do you feel? I told you, uh, I, I shared this with the church quite a while back, that my son Jaden wanted to play, and Ellie was just too busy, and she's like, you're not alone outside, you're with Jesus. Jesus is with you. And he, he's out for five minutes, and he comes back, and he comes in, and he goes, I'm alone outside with Jesus. Can you please come play with me? <laughs> and a lot of times we feel like that. It's like, I know I say it, but do I believe it? And here Paul says, as you work it out, know that God is actually working in you. You've got to work out what God is working in because he is transforming us daily. You see, he saved us, but we are constantly being saved from everything that we are busy being faced with. And we will be saved from the stuff that we are still going to face. But he goes, come on, I'm going to work in you. So while I'm working in you, work it out. Being saved is not about coming to church on a Sunday. Can't just be about coming to church on Sunday. Um, Lavino just ran across the world a few weeks ago. How many kilometers was that? It could have been, could have been a thousand kilometers. What's like, how much? Forty? Forty-five kilometers. You ran it with your own feet. <laughs> but check this out. No one registers for a race just to pitch up that morning early to stand by the starting blocks to see other people run. But what do they do? They register. They train. Come on, they buy the clothes because you've got to look the part. Eh? Have you seen them? Everybody is like, new shoes. Hey, Selma. They even get the socks, uh, the T-shirt for like training. It's like, ah. And then they go and run. It should be the same with our faith. We shouldn't get saved just to come and spectate. We should come and get saved so that we can participate in what God is doing here on earth. So when you come to church and you get saved, don't just come to get something. Don't just get saved to put on the clothes. You know, you dress different when, you, when you're Christian. You get the big Bible. Or you get the app. You get the notifications. But when you get saved, there's this thing of saying, hey, God has done something in me so that I can do something out. And as we are going to be growing, there is certain work that we are going to have to do. That is why you've got to read your Bible. That is why I preach the way I preach, so that you can take your Bible and make notes in them. Uh, I, I write in my Bible nonstop. It's highlighted. It's got pens and paper. And one day, my daughter, she found, yesterday, she found a book that has got scribbles, and she goes, what happened here? Why don't you like this book, Dad? I'm like, that was you. When she was small, she was just copying what I did. And so she looked at me, grabbed a permanent marker, and started writing over a book <laughs> that was not hers. But you see, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to reading the Word, you need to put whatever you read into practice. You can't just say, hey, I will pray for you and walk away. 
I've challenged you guys to go, hey, when you say, I'm going to pray with you, stop and pray. People phone me and they tell me what's wrong, and I go, I'm going to pray for you, but while you're on the line, while I've got you, let me pray. Because we've got to work it out. It's not about just sitting. It's about doing. That's why when you come to our church, you will get up and you will greet someone. I'm looking for that weak one. Who didn't get a hug yet? I love giving hugs, people. Did Rudy not get a hug? Uh, He's the guy that just lifted his hands with the arms bigger than me. He's the guy that you look at him and goes, you want a hug? That's Rudy. So everybody after the service... See, God is constantly doing work in us so that we can do something out. Someone might be needing God to work on their hearts to grow in love. And someone, God is working in you in areas of trusting him more. But we've got to work it. You see, everybody's going to be at a different season. We have to watch our words. It's not a different level. It's a different season because God is transforming us every day so that we can bear fruit every day. I love this encounter in the book of Mark. Uh, We're going to go there, uh, Mark chapter 5. And there's this experience where Jesus has just crossed the Galilean Sea, lake, sorry, Galilean Lake. And it's that story where he um, is sleeping in the boat, and there's this massive storm, and his disciples are going, oh, help us. And they get to the other side, and Jesus encounters a guy that's possessed with so many demons. It says, when he responded, it said, my name was Legion, because there were so many demons inside of him. But this guy, when he saw Jesus, ran to him and fell at his feet. And then Jesus does something that Jesus does, and he sets him free. The demons leave him. They go into the swine. Can I say swine? Go into swine. I'm not allowed to call people swines. Okay. And, and, and they run over a cliff, kill themselves, and the man is set free. Mind change. Like people were so scared of this guy that they would bind him and with chains and ropes, and he would just break it. That's how powerful he was. But one encounter with Jesus changes everything. And this is the strange thing. Jesus got there and then after this left immediately. So that says that Jesus came to this side of the lake. Through that storm, he encounter one guy. And that is what he does for each and every one of us. He'll go through a storm through your storm, and reach you at your darkest place, you will just come to connect with you. But it doesn't end there. You see, Jesus worked in him so he can work through him. And check this out. So in Mark 5, verse 18, he goes, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus didn't let him. Imagine being rejected by Jesus. 
But that's not what he did. He said, go home to your own people. I want you to note that. Your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And this is it. And all the people were amazed. You see, you are saved from something for something. Once Jesus did his work in him, he told him, now you go work it out. Go tell your people. Because people know you. They know what you've been through, what you've done. But when God has done a work in you and you go work it out, they will believe because based on who you are and what you've come out of. What has he done in your life? Through the fast, in your marriage, your work, your family. This is the thing. We've got to get the word out. The most effective thing is the most simple. Tell somebody. Jesus said, go to your own people and tell them. When God does something in your life, who are you going to call? Don't call Ghostbusters. I knew a lot. My wife, I could see it like she was holding herself in. It's like, oh, pick me, pick me. Because can I tell you something? On the other side of your testimony is someone waiting for their breakthrough, and this will be the door that steps them through it. So when God does something in your life, I love hearing people's testimonies because it encourages me. We, we write it down. Ali's got a book, and when people come with words and testimonies, we, we, we mark it off so that you can be encouraged, but then when you are feeling down, it's like, remember what God did in your life. This is why we encourage you. If you're too scared to go and tell people, how's about you get into a group? We have groups here in Prodea. It's a safe space to tell people about what God is doing in your life, to go, hey, I have these questions. Get into a place where you can tell people. Come on, start a blog. Open a TikTok account. I don't know what you have to do in order to work out what God is working in you. Do that. This guy, they said, you went to start telling people in the decade. If you go look up what that word means, it means the 10 cities in that region. So think about it. You're in the northern suburbs. I can bet you you know something. There's at least one person you know. If you don't know anybody in Durbanville, I stay there. Come tell me. But go and run and tell people about what God has done in you so that he can work through you. Because Jesus knew that his testimony would be powerful. You want to grow? What kind of fruit do you have? Go and tell people. I was going to tell you about this joke with fruit, but I think it's inappropriate. And uh, because my kids share these things with me and my wife always challenges us, so I'm just going to leave that. 
Number three, I want to close with this. Always know that God is working because it's Him working in us. Uh, remember, we, 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 we say, if it's not good, He's not done. Because what He started in us, He will continue and complete. So in between that is us working out what He is currently working in us. And while He's working in us, don't forget that you have to go and get the word out and tell people because he wants to work in them as well. But in order for us to do that, there's one very important thing that we need to realize is that we need to be intentional. If you want to grow in any area, you have to be intentional about it. If you want to marry someone, you have to be intentional about it. Hey, babes. There we go. We married each other for money. It was a humility step for both of us. <laughs> See, the thing is, if you are not intentional, when you don't see results, you're going to get angry, upset, bitter, and you're going to leave it. And you will make up every story to tell people why this doesn't work you know i can chat to some people and it's like gym doesn't work why because it hurts your knees hey and the music there is not good for you and that machine that i don't guys i was on the treadmill the other day and they didn't tell us the power was going to end and and you know what the problem is i was running at what i thought was my full speed uh, I did, you know, this is a side note, not part of the sermon. It's just, you know, and, and I've got to share. And, and like I was running and, I, and all of a sudden the power went out. And they've got this thing, this, this function on all treadmills. When, when you are dying, you pull a button and the thing stops dead. And it works the same apparently when the power goes out. I ran through that treadmill, man. I was like, I'm like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, I thought I won. Apparently I owe them a new treadmill now. But, <laughs> I'm sorry, but no matter what you want to do in life, you've got to be intentional about it. Where you want to grow, what you want to do, how you want to seek God. If you want to, be, if you want to trust God, be intentional about it. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to trust him and then I'll see what happens. No, say, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to go, oh, you know what, trust him with just a small thing. Uh-uh, just for bay. If you want to trust God, trust him. If you want to grow in something, do it. Be intentional about seeing change in your life. Growth is a given when we are intentional about it. It might not happen when we want it to, but it will happen. You see, you've got to work it out. If you want to know God better, you need to be intentional about spending time in His Word and with Him. There's an account in the, in the Gospels about a lady that is caught in a, um, infidelity. And her judgment was death. And they bring her in front of Jesus to see what he would do. And he challenges their hearts, not their motives. But the main part isn't 
the people that walked away is the conversation he has with this lady at the end. Because Jesus stands up, looks at her and goes, we are these people that judged you. Is you no one here that condemns you? And she goes, no, not one. You know what is strange? Everybody left, but Jesus was standing there and she goes, no one. And then Jesus responds, neither do I. Go. But hold up. He doesn't end it with that. And he says, be intentional about living differently. He says, go and sin no more. In your translation, it will say, go and do not sin. Go and stop your life of sin. But he says, be intentional about it. He's telling us, wherever you want to grow in your life, you need to be intentional about how you want to grow. I love how he says, like, hey, if you're doing yoga, don't stop. Stop sinning. If you run, hey, he doesn't say stop running. He says stop sinning. You're a businessman. God's not going to say, hey, always just stop doing business. He's going to say, hey, do business properly. Love your spouse intentionally. Lead your kids purposefully. Come on. Can we be intentional about working out our salvation? Because I'm not going to kid you guys. Here's 11 cinemas, and I'm sure we could fill them all. People want to be intentional about falling in love with Jesus. And so I think we should work it out. Whatever God is working in you, work out. Can we pray?